Welcome to Black Lions Domain. This talk segment was created with the intention of interviewing people that Zachary Shiloh has loved from mere days to many years. In recent times, BLD, as I call it, has gone through a change. It used to be known as roaming around for the better part of 2020 into 2021. Circa January 12th, I felt a change in the air. And it was time to be more grounded, universally grounded. So welcome to the rebooted Black Lions Domain called Universal Grounding. Thank you for joining me. I'm sure you're going to love the guest that I have on this episode. Please follow me as Zachary Shiloh and Black Lion 130, respectively, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also email me at zachi130 at gmail.com. I have places that can be listened to, such as Apple Pods, Google Pods, Breaker, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, <clears throat> Bullhorn, and so many others. You can subscribe to my YouTube page. I am Zachary Shiloh there. With that said, thank you all very much for getting grounded with me. I hope you enjoyed the guest that I have on this. Please just continue to support this brand. I bow to you in respect. Take care. Parental discretion is advised. I understand that we have parents who have children under the age of 13 years old. Please use your discretion to make sure that your kids are listening to something that you approve of. There could be slight to full-blown cussing on this show. You have been warned, and if not, then I will warn you again during the episode. Thank you for listening. Take care. I wait a minute, wait a minute. My schedule, uh -oh. so I said I had to do it before three, but I did everything I was gonna have to do at three. Uh-oh, we're recording. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, kids, uh, we have a special announcement before we really start kicking off with this. <clears throat> I, Zachary Shiloh, finally have my book or co-authored book called They Are Magic out on Amazon. I just found this out roughly about an hour or two ago. I'm losing my junk before we even start really talking about my beautiful, wonderful guest who's legendary in different ways, kids, because I'm going to start listing off some stuff about her shortly. But anyways, <clears throat> this book 
is very important to me. It's been practically two years in the making for me. For those of you that are not aware, <clears throat> I was a type two diabetic who was depressed and overweight. My doctors told me I had to lose weight. So I lost the weight. Eventually people wanted to know my story. And I put this story that would eventually become Black Minds Roar off for months on end. I tried to write it. I tried to do the best I could. And for some odd reason, it just <clears throat> Now let's fast forward to the present. It is published. It is at the ready. And I could not be more happier to announce it. Now this hope that the physical version is out. And to help me celebrate this big occasion and what you're listening to called Black Lions Roar, not Roar, Domain, Universal Grounding as it's now known as, <clears throat> we have a proud member of the African-American community. We have somebody that is unbeknownst to me and Graham, if you are listening, sir, you're gonna possibly go crazy about this too. <clears throat> she is the fifth LBGTQ member <laughs> that has ever graced my show. I'm losing my junk even more after finding that out because kids, this is a big deal. I did not know anything about that, but I know the following after that, she is a pro wrestler and a plus size model. And Graham, I know you know that Zachary Shiloh probably is losing his junk right now because he's got a plus size model talking to him. And you might be losing your mind because you may be familiar with uh, our guest, more ways than one, wink, wink, but we shall divulge on that when we hit the pro wrestling line. So welcome to Universal Grounding in Black Lions Domain, uh, Ronnie Nicole or Big Bang Nicole from Japan. How are you, my dear? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So my history with you goes back several years. I've been a fan of yours, I gotta believe, since. 2013, and I was very familiar with you because I was a regular on your Facebook page. <laughs> I believe I commented whatever you posted and whatever's, like your modeling or your pro wrestling. And <clears throat> it's been some years since I actually did talk to you. You were a recommendation by a dear friend of ours by the name of Michael Larkin. Ah. <laughs> and when he says Shout your name, Michael, <laughs> and when Michael said your name, my dear, I lost my junk. I said, what? You know, Ronnie Nicole, awesome Kong reincarnated. <laughs> I didn't say it like that to him, but I said, he knows awesome Kong reincarnated. This is awesome. And then I approached you and we started talking on and off. Excuse me, kids. Excuse me. Anybody that's followed my show knows that Zachary Shiloh sometimes burps on air. And that's not on purpose. That's just human nature. But anyways, 
I am progress. So Michael and I, we've been friends for X amount of years. He recommended USS and I lost my junk. We've been talking you and I. And it's fortunate for me that you came on, especially at a great time, because it's not only the road to WrestleMania from the Empire. And kids out there, you know what Zachary Shiloh is talking about when I say the words the Empire. And Graham, you are definitely knowing what I'm talking about right now. So I don't even have to explain myself to you. All right, but for anybody out there that is boring to Zachary Shiloh in Black Lions airspace overall, the Empire, as I call it, is WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. So they're on the road to their biggest show of the year called WrestleMania. This month is Black History Month. And who better to have, if not a childhood friend, than somebody as this? I could not ask for anything better. So let me say these words right now. Thank you, Michael Larkin, for your great uh, <clears throat> recommendation. I appreciate it, pal. And I really hope that you'll return at some point at season two of this universal grounding. And we'll make it happen, Captain, somewhere down the line. All right, uh, Ronnie Kins, thank you again for coming on. Please give my listeners a bit of your background overall. Um, Ronnie, Big Bang Nicole, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, but I reside in North Carolina now. Um, I was originally trained by C.W. Anderson, ECW's Chili Willie, and former, oh! former NWA national champion Lou Marconi. Um, they were my second group of trainers. My first initial group of trainers, um, it was Eddie Brown and Tony Hangtime James down in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, and so I had like a lot of great old school guys have a hand in bringing me up. So I started in the Carolinas, but very quickly realized I did not want to wrestle at home. <laughs> and had always been in love with Japanese culture, Japanese wrestling, um, and so when I received the call to go to Japan, I packed my bags and left. And I was fortunate enough to spend four wonderful years in Japan. Um, my first company was World Women Pro Wrestling Deanna. And my second company was Marvelous for a shorter tour. Um, but my main trainers uh, in Japan were Aono Keiko, Kaoru Ito, Nane Takahashi, uh, Teo Natsuki, and Yushiko. And so I really got two different worlds in terms of training and training styles, um, paying your dues in different ways, because that means different things here and abroad. Um, and yeah, since then I've just been wrestling, auditioning and working my way through the independent scene. Um, unfortunately, I had to take some time off due to some family things. And so now, and then Miss Corona happened, so, uh, but now things look like hopefully they'll be moving back in a wrestling direction. So I'm excited to, you know, pause the modeling and acting stuff and get back into the ring. Um, but yeah, that's me. Eight years, actually nine now. Um, and yeah. lifelong fan, 
I was definitely struck with the wrestling bug very early without a clear direction of how to become a wrestler. And so I feel very blessed and fortunate to have stumbled into the business and to hopefully leave a positive legacy as well. Oh, uh huh. You've touched me in more ways than one. I, I actually gush every single time that I actually see you wrestle. So uh, if anybody should actually be saying thank you, that's me. I thank you for keeping my fandom going more ways than one. And again, I know you're listening, Graham and Michael, respectively. Thank you both for uh, your participation in this. <clears throat> and we shall get to you, Graham. You got some things to ask uh, dear Ronnie Kins over here. We will get to it shortly because you love you some Ronnie Nicole very much for what it sounds like to me. You made a lasting impression on him. Oh, man. <laughs> And he kept on asking me to make sure that I asked you about this. All right. You've actually touched upon how you got into pro wrestling. What is kind of driving you to stay in the industry? Leaving a legacy of the business being better than when I broke in. Um, all the guys I mentioned at some point in my training or in my career said something about leaving the business better than you found it. The irony in that statement is that <laughs> um, not specifically my trainers, but there are definitely a lot of old school trainers who didn't exactly uphold that, but imparted that. So more of a do as I say, not as I do situation. Aww. But I definitely take it as a large responsibility as a pro wrestler with the privilege of being a pro wrestler to do that. And so despite the challenges that being a professional wrestler may present you at different times, the bigger picture is that your legacy and what you choose to do with your ability will leave a lasting mark, just like it does for any veteran or wrestler who passes away. We remember what they have done and they have contributed. Um, you know, we recreate the moves of the people that we admire. We recreate their entrances. We take little bits of all of these historical figures within professional wrestling to create the amalgamation of ourselves. And mm -hmm. I hope that leaving the business, whether it's my in-ring work or my out-of-ring advocacy, that one of these things will hopefully leave a lasting impression and be able to impart to the future what can pro wrestling actually evolve to be? And I hope you get your way more ways than one because <laughs> I've been advocating for years about certain things in the wrestling industry that has pissed me off. All right, kids, before we continue this, warning, warning, warning. Again, this is the uncensored plateau. We get away with saying whatever we want on here. So if I want to say something like, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, WWE is shit, then I could go ahead and do so. If she wants to say anything like that, she's fine to go ahead and do so. So I'm not holding back, and I expect her not to hold back. So once again, kids, if you are a parent with a child under the age of 13, my suggestion right now is get your kids out of here. 
because you don't want your kids to actually have something that's probably going to be programmed in their minds at such an early age until they get older, if you are that protective of your kids. So you've been warned. You got 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. From this point forward, it's not any more apologies. You've been warned. Your kids should be out the room. We're moving forward. Matter of fact, we're going to be more universally grounded. Cheese balls mouth. All right. <clears throat> so, where were we, hon? Please remind me before I went off my silly tangent. I just wrapped up my background. All right, your background. All right. So, pro wrestling. Yeah, let's touch upon my dear friend Graham's request. All right. So, Graham, you've been asking me for days on end to ask Ronnie this question or set a question. <clears throat> he says that he saw you at a, a promotion called IPW, but he more so wants to know about this event called uh, Butch versus Gore. Would you like to uh, talk about that for my dear friend from Virginia by way of the UK? Um, so Butch versus Gore was, I think, March 7th of 2020, and it was held at DC Brow. Um, it was a really amazing event. Um, I think I wrestled Danny Jordan. Um, and in a lot of ways, it was a groundbreaking event because of the amount of LGBTQ talent um and yeah it was just a really fun innovative event stacked card amazing talent uh everybody behind the scenes did a tremendous job putting the event together and it was you know a really cool experience to see how the next generation of wrestlers is moving forward with their particular iteration of the business so Aww. I love when I hear about LBGTQ moments. Shout outs to my coaches, uh, Adam Hunt and <clears throat> the angel of value Kins, or angel Kins as I call him. Hi guys, I miss you and I will be a part of your chat on Thursday. Definitely, definitely for our wrap up of May Cause Miracles. Ah. Graham, you didn't tell me that you went to a, almost all LBGTQ, pal. We got talking private when I'm done talking to Ronnie, Ronnie Kins over here. You didn't tell me that. I thought it was just almost your prototypical type of wrestling. But Graham, mm, no. I got more. But Graham, I got more respects for you, brother. Thank you very much for actually sending that question to Ronnie because I learned a lot just in the last few minutes. And I'm just like, luster. Fans, so if you're not actually uh, watching on YouTube or wherever I post this, because that was quite a thing to learn. And I'm just like the six-year-old that I am on the inside. Yes, I am. <sighs> and that's great that I got you to laugh. See? 
See, kids, this is why I actually advocate for you, for you all out there to actually do your own inner child. Because when you have your, your inner child unlocked, you feel more free and people enjoy your company even more. I don't know why people do, but the little Zachary Shiloh in me thanks you all. And he loves you to pieces. Yes, he does. Every single one of you. No matter how big or small you are. <laughs> All right. So we talked about pro wrestling for a bit. All right. So you said that you became a fan of it when you were younger. So what about it really made you say, okay, I got to have a career in it? Well, at the time, I think the lack of representation, even though, you know, I saw wrestlers of color, I didn't see as many wrestlers of color as I saw people in my everyday life. And so I felt like wrestling definitely was something that was mimicking what was happening in our everyday life. Um, mm -hmm. One of those situations where art should imitate life. And I saw all these amazing, wonderfully talented Black women, but I didn't see Afro-Latinas, and I didn't see queer talent, and I didn't see me. And so being of Sagittarius nature, it's a, I decided that was it. Like, I'm going to be what I didn't see, and that has been my mission within wrestling, is to represent for people and for groups that aren't always represented and that aren't always represented in the typical ways that people would think they should be depicted. Um, I definitely come from a different generation where I don't broadcast my entire life. <laughs> but at the same time, it's definitely important for people to understand and to be able to connect with others who did have similar experiences and who understand the challenges of being you know, niche or ticking a few boxes that may not be mainstream, so to speak. So I am fortunate enough to continue this journey. And I hope that as it progresses and as wrestling continues to evolve, that people will understand and will be able to all be woven into the tapestry of the history of it. I did not know that you were Afro-Latina. I always thought you were all African-American, but no. I love learning about my guests on air. This is absolutely great stuff. You never been the type of person to really like sh uh, share your stuff on social media. So this is very cool and exclusive almost feeling for me. It's almost like uh, last year when my friend uh, Conrad Cushman of Everything Pro Wrestling. Hello, Conrad, if you're listening, pal. <clears throat> He actually gave me a uh, little bit of an exclusive tip that uh, unbeknownst to the world, some of his former teammates at the Brain Buster Radio Network were joining in for WrestleMania predictions. I had no clue who was going to be on with them. He just said, oh, sir, there's certain people that are going to be coming on. And then when I saw it, I said, Conrad, you kept a great secret from me, pal. That is great. You reunited with Mags, uh, who else? Um, Foul Original, and so many of these other brain buster heads. I just clapped my hands and all. I said, Great stuff, pal. Great stuff. 
<sighs> and I love moments like this that I will keep repeating myself forever. But, so let me take off my hat. And as I would say to Adam Hunt, get the pin. Get the pin. All right. Back on goes the hat. <clears throat> All right. So what does it mean for you as a LBGTQ to have your wrestling really be shown? Because the wrestling industry, to some degrees or another, can be a little bit of homophobic. And it wasn't known for really showing the LBGTQs unless it was like by way of a character, not by person's real life means or life. So what does it mean for you from the standpoint of being a real life LBGTQ to be in that industry? Um, for me, it's just a part of who I am. It's not something that I've held in a separate regard or a higher regard because first and foremost, I'm a Afro-Latina and I'm a black woman. And so my journey has always, in my experience, been focused more on the battles regarding that and less regarding my sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me personally, my fight hasn't been to be accepted as a queer talent, mainly because I don't apply my sexuality to my business aspect of my life. It's something that I, I mean, it's who I am. That's it. That doesn't, for me, factor 100% into my business relationships other than representation and respect. And in the places that I've worked and in the places that I've tried to make sure that representation has been seen, it has been accepted and it has been, you know, enfolded in a way that hasn't made it something like a separate cause to fight for, for me personally. Um, my original struggle was just being accepted as a black woman and being accepted as a woman in a business that is catered and specifically started geared towards, you know, cisgendered white men. And so it definitely has been a different experience for me in terms of my sexuality versus how that plays into my wrestling because it hasn't for me. Um, it is who I am and that's it. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I'm here advocating for not only LGBTQ talent, but for our talent of color who historically have been whitewashed and erased from our business. And mm -hmm. so the broader picture that I have seen is that it's not only LGBTQ talent that needs to be represented because that within itself has its own issues in representing only the white men of that particular sect. And that is changing with specific organizations, but I do think that LGBTQ talent booking and relations have a long way to go within the business and that you know everyone has to play their part but for me the struggle and the challenges have been more focused on just that general acceptance as a minority as most people who are people of color within the united states face every day it's no different within the wrestling community. And for me, I definitely have found that advocating on behalf of people of color, women of color, and now here more recently, LGBTQ talent has been something that has just organically forward, folded into it. But my whole point of being a professional wrestler and always speaking out about the things that don't bode well and that are not sustainable 
ideals within professional wrestling is that everyone deserves to sit at the table and we all should be discussing this. We all should be taking the steps to rectify this because the business has evolved and has changed since the early days of its iteration. And I definitely feel that sometimes the message can get lost in the den, but also continuing to purport that message out there will fall on the ears of the people who want to hear it, who want to see those change and who genuinely want to advocate for real progressive and active change within our own community, as well as within our fan base. Because all of these things have to start with us to reverberate throughout the fan base and those who support us. So changing those ideals, normalizing LGBTQ, normalizing people of color, normalizing the fact that everyone is on an equal playing field and it's an equitable playing field makes a big difference. And when we are the ones who are able to do that from within the wrestling community, that will permeate throughout the wrestling community as a whole. Oh, I hear you, hon. I hear you because it's starting to get annoying with just having straight up just gay <clears throat> uh, gimmicks only. I felt for years that if a person is truly gay or lesbian or bi, it shouldn't just be only in story. Like, let that person rock who they are, please. I don't care what promotion it was in, especially <clears throat> the Empire. Uh, yeah, yeah. They've been the most crazy with this LBGTQ stuff, and they haven't been known to actually give certain people some rubs. But I progress because there's been places like GCW, there's been uh, places like uh, Warriors of Wrestling and more that I've been to that has given your uh, people, our people, quote unquote, uh, the chance to really expand our horizons. And to Brett Lauderdale and uh, Joey B and anybody else that truly is an independent uh, promoter, thank you very much for letting these people be themselves because this is quite a crazy business to be in, and I've always respected it, but I feel as a non-Caucasian and somebody that's been a uh, LBGTQ member in a different life, let me remind you kids that I'm a past life, and my uh, name in a different life was Julia Sophia. So sometimes when it sounds like I'm a little bit feminine, that's uh, the side of me that's coming out. <laughs> so kids, do not feel scared or offended because that's naturally who I am in spirit. And I always felt a connection to the LBGTQs even before I even knew that I was a pastor because they struggled for years to try to even get the right to marry. And that made me cry. That made me cry because these are people, straight up people. And if WWE ever listens to my recordings, let me remind you that these are people. Eventually, we would like for there to be women's champions, men's champions of LBGTQ uh, <clears throat> sincerely. Don't do it just so you can get advertising. Don't do it just for 
Do it because you respect that person as a person and as a wrestler. <sighs> that feels good to actually get off my chest. All right. So, yeah, we're almost out of here, hon. Thank you. All right. Let's briefly touch upon your modeling. Um, well, I started when I was really young for a company called Girlfriends LA. I think they're actually defunct now, but um, I was always interested in modeling. I did some JCPenney, Hudson Belt, Dillard's uh, print stuff. <laughs> um, because when I was younger, being a plus size model and being a plus size tween was not a thing. You really only had the option to wear clothing that was adult petite or you know stuff that was ill-fitting extra large in youth sizes and so girlfriends la sought to bridge that gap and um you know it was a cool experience it definitely taught me a lot about the industry in terms of modeling it taught me a lot about body image which is something i think people don't really take into consideration for people who are modeling because just because you model doesn't mean that you don't struggle with those particular issues um, and it taught me a lot about being smart business-wise because it's definitely really challenging navigating as a young person, the industry that is definitely created to consume and not necessarily regenerate or replenish. So um, modeling is a roller coaster. It's so fun though. Um, I'm excited because I just did a shoot at the North Carolina Museum of Art, which turned out really well. Um, I'll hey. actually yeah, it was really fun. And I actually, even though I've lived in North Carolina for some time, I've never been to the Museum of Art. I only have been to like the History and the Science Museum. And so being there and connecting with some of the amazing pieces there and being able to shoot with the photographer, big shout out to Manav. I love you. Thank you. Um, so that was really cool. And so all those images I'm actually going to be putting up on my Patreon, um, which is really exciting because I've never done that either. So yay for new Hi. things in 2021. But yeah, I've been, I actually was in modeling troops when I was in college, which was a whole new experience because choreographed modeling is a lot different than what people think in terms of straight up runway modeling. And so having to do choreography and, you know, go to these competitions and travel around North Carolina uh, with my group and, you know, hone those skills really just kept pushing me into continuing to do modeling um, and some of my favorite photographers that I've worked with, um, the newest photographer I worked with, Manav, he was, you know, up and coming, fresh eyes, really cool. Um, I definitely love uh, Angelo Blount, big shout out to him for ARB Glamour. Thank you so much. I love working with you. I'm looking forward to working with Jason Lopez of Modern Myth Photography um, and definitely some other people, Casme Photography, um, H&M Photography and um, Jacko Photography. Big shout out to Sandy Bionic Wiley. Um, it's been some time, but you always create magic with me. So it's definitely mm -hmm. fun, you know, to get back into it. Um, I haven't gotten back into runway, but I'm definitely enjoying being in print again. I'm definitely enjoying the experience of modeling again, but it's so vastly different from wrestling. And it's such a, you know, crazy time in the world that I, I'm excited to get back into the ring because that's where my heart is always going to lie. So. I hear you. And I've been a fan of your uh, modeling for years. I love your uh, 
photo shoot with uh, you in this uh, sparkly uh, skirt and a burnt, uh, a whitish looking top. I said, she knows how to really work the runway. And the one that caught me the most was you in this uh, light blue uh, ballerina looking uh, get up. Yeah. I said, yeah. oh, she's cute. A throwback to my dance years, yes. But that was actually shot by Jacko Photography. Um, as I mentioned, he is tremendous. Such a wonderful photographer. It's really hard to find people I'm comfortable to work with. So it's definitely a blessing when you find people who are really talented, they have a great eye, but they also make you as the model feel comfortable and relaxed in that environment um, because you're working, you know, it's not just taking photos, you're working. And uh -huh. so, you know, it's definitely good when you can, can link up with someone who is about making magic and making sure that the model is, is happy at the same time. So it was big shout out to, to Jacko. I love you. Oh, man, I love seeing your photo shoots and I, and I just couldn't help but be giddy like a little child before I actually unlocked my inner child. But, <laughs> but the fact that you're talking to me, that makes me even more happier in the present day. Oh, man. Okay, kids, we got to start wrapping this bad boy up because Ronnie Kins over here got something else to do, and so do I. I got to promote a book called They Are Magic and a last-to-be-read chapter called Black Lions Roar. So... <clears throat> Let's get to the last bits. You already answered what keeps you going in both. No need to repeat. All right, my dear. There's three things now that Zachary Shiloh does at the end of every single universal ground. What can I do for you going forward, love? Um, continue to like, share, and support. Tonight at 10 o'clock p.m., I actually have my second episode of Sunday Sessions in honor of Black History Month. I will be discussing the road in terms of professional wrestling, the mental, physical, and emotional toll that it takes with the woad, the one-eyed, thick-thighed weapon of ass destruction, Dementia Du Rose, and with Philadelphia's own No Mercy, Zeke Mercer. So please promote that and share these conversations. I started doing these just because we're in Black History Month. Bianca Belair just won the Rumble. You know, Kofi won the championship. Things are changing in terms of professional wrestling, but we're still not having the conversations as to why things have changed so slowly. And so Sunday Sessions really seeks to delve into that, talk with independent professional wrestlers, and talk with people who actually have experienced all of these things and give everybody an insight into what we go through. So sharing that, supporting that, Spreading that to all of the people who support you was definitely something that you can do for me. Okie dokie. I got no problem with that, hon. I gladly will. Let me, before we actually move on to the second of three things. Kids, let me remind you. I plan on watching WrestleMania this year. Anybody that knows me knows I can't stand the Empire. But I'm doing it for three specific reasons. One, for my surrogate father. Raymond Gallagher. Number two, my best friends in this wrestling industry who had taken care of me since 2017 and got me into this world we call podcasting. Especially uh, you, Graham. You are number one with your son at the time being five 
hint, hint. Okay. And the last bit of business, as far as Zachary Shiloh watching WrestleMania, I said this before, and I'll say it again. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair, SmackDown Women's Championship main event. One night, I don't care what night it is. Night one on April 10th or the 11th. WWE, listen up again. Banks, Belair, SmackDown Women's Championship main event. Mm-hmm. I will keep on beating this to death. I don't Until care what y'all are going I will keep on staying it until it happens. Right. Because we've been held down for way too long. Way too long. Us Africans and non-Caucasians, period. For sure. And you've had several years of all Caucasian main events. And you claim to be in the uh, same lane as Martin Luther King and other non-Caucasians, I mean, uh, same, uh, excuse me, yeah, other non-Caucasians, back it up. Banks, Belair, SmackDown Women's Championship, main event, one night, one night. That's all we're asking for. We're not asking for an army. We just want equal representation. Equitable representation. Oh, yes. Yes, Ronnie Kins. I agree. All right. So that's it for the wrestling bit and what I can do for you. All right. Hopes for the future are? Uh, The hopes for the future are the business keeps evolving, that the new people who come into the business are trained in a way that they understand that it is a business, that we are out here to satisfy our fans, that we are a product, but our product has to be packaged in a way that is professional, well-represented of who we are, and well-represented so that it will last a lifetime. Um, I would love for, you know, older wrestlers and younger wrestlers to come to more of a consensus about what the business should be moving forward. I think, you know, while we're in a great time of new wrestlers innovating things and older wrestlers re-innovating themselves, we're not having those conversations about what we can do collectively to push forward the business. And I think moving forward, bringing people together. I agree, Ronnie Kins. I agree 100%. We need more lovings in this industry. Yes. yes, we do. You know, there's a lot of niche groups like, oh, I only like this, or I only like this, or I only like that, but it's all wrestling, and we all enjoy it, and we all love to get spellbound and captivated and suspend our disbelief when we're watching these stories, when we're talking to each other, when we're seeing these matches, when we're going back on YouTube and looking at these things that were done historically. We all have the ability to participate and to enjoy what's happening. So let's do that instead of fighting amongst ourselves. Let's do that instead of critiquing everything down to the very last, you know, uh, wrestling boot. Let's make sure, (laughs) you know, that we're actually doing what we say. If we love wrestling, then let's love on it. Let's share it. Let's spread it and let's enjoy it. We've got that go wrong for us to complain about. Let's let the art be the art that we enjoy. Oh, Ronnie kids, Ronnie kids, I love your advocacy. That's your <laughs> best point. Oh, man. So, uh, again, thank you, Michael Larkin, for this great recommendation. Yeah. I've been having so much fun. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. 
All right, hon. There's only one thing left to do before we get on out of here. Okay. I have started asking people for recommendations or guests to join me. If you don't have three right now, within the next week or two, can I bother you for some? I have three right now. Like ah! I one of my guests. All right, hon. I'm all yeah. ears. Yeah. Oh, no. Come on, boy. I stay ready. So I don't have to get ready. Okay. Okay. All righty, hon. Hit me. Recommendation is definitely going to be the woad. Um, formerly known as Dementia D. Rose. She oh! is my vet. She has trailblazed professional wrestling long before me. And she has faced adversity because she's literally the only one-eyed professional wrestler in existence. And she's a Black woman. So definitely, you need to speak with her and get her perspective because you never know. Um, my <laughs> big brother, currently about to have a match for the Ring of Honor Heavyweight Championship, if I'm not mistaken. Shane Taylor? Yeah. Yes! Yeah. Yes, Rowdy Kids! Yes. My big brother, who calls me on my bullshit and won't let me get away with shit. Uh, <laughs> definitely someone you need to talk to. And I'm not sure if you're familiar, but he is a Jersey PA mainstay, Rob Perfontaine. He is another what? one of my brothers. Oh, He's I know small. him. I believe I've heard of him by his uh, Jersey All Pro. Yes. So he is actually training right now and he's stepped into the role of educator and he is bringing up another crop of students and they're doing so well and i'm so proud of him and how he has taken all of the knowledge that he has of wrestling tremendous psychology amazing booking and is passing that on to the next generation and so those are my three suggestions right off the bat because these oh. are people who i know are making moves who are doing things and who really are for the culture and for the business and that's oh, something that Ronnie. i think you have to you know emphasize being for professional wrestling, not for the people who do wrong, not for the people who take advantage, but for the people who want to advance it, who want to uplift it, and who want to share it. So those are definitely my suggestions for you. Oh, Dementia Rose, Shane Taylor, and Rob Fortney. Yeah. Hun, when we talk in private, you're going to send me that link so I can go talk to them right away. Oh, absolutely. Got you. Oh, my God. Oh, that's great choices, especially oh. uh, Shane, because oh, I yeah. heard about him. I heard about his uh, shot at Roosh coming up yeah. soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not a shot. He's Ring done. of Honor, if you are listening to He's going to take that, and Shane Taylor Promotions, which is already worldwide, is going to go even bigger. Like, it's it's this has all been in the making, dude, because every person I just mentioned has had to go up the ladder, has had to deal with struggles, had had adversity after adversity after adversity, and they still came out on the other side and they still faced it down and have success in their own way. And that is something that is so important and so vital, I think, for people of color to see. It doesn't have to be one way. You don't have to submit to the empire. You can do uh -huh. what you want to do and still be considered a success. And I think oh. that is the message we should be spreading and putting out there to the world and to people who wanna do this. You know, there's not one way to be successful in professional wrestling, just like there's not one way to be successful in life. Aha, uh -huh. and before we truly hit the end, kids, <clears throat> ah, I love doing what I do even more. <laughs> oh my God. And funny that I stopped watching Ring of Honor and then the things that I wanted the most started coming. Jay Lethal, right. at, 
after years of me getting on Ring of Honor's case, saying, make him a Grand Slam champion. Make him a Grand Slam champion. Give him the tag team championship now. Ring of Honor gave Jay Lethal a tag team title. And they stepped, yeah, and they've stepped it up and they've elevated the, the appropriate talent. And I'm really glad to see the direction that they're moving. And I know this match that Shane's going to have is going to be ridiculous and so worth watching and so instrumental in showing how people of color, because oh. Rush is a, is, a, is a person of color as well, can yes. still main event and elevate our business. And that is what it's about to me. Oh, Ronnie Kids. Ronnie Kins, you gave me some home hitters, especially Shane. I've been a fan of him for years. I've been advocating before he was even a TV champion. When him yeah. and Keith Lee were tagging up, I said, Ring of Honor, you are making a, a fucking mistake right now, not making no. them tag team champions because uh, the Pretty Boy Killers, they were my favorite tag team outside of the Briscoe Brothers. Everything happens as it would. Look at Shane now. Look at Keith now. Everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. Yep, yep. No adversity will stop talent and hard work, period. Word. All right, Ronnie kids. Plug away your stuff and let's get on out of here so I can go do some work. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be a part. I'm so glad that I ticked so many boxes, but I'm also so glad to talk with you and the people who follow you and support you and give my perspective of wrestling and what it's like to be, you know, a multi-box ticker within the professional community. Make sure you guys follow me at Glitterlicious on Twitter, at Glitterlicious Bang Bang on Instagram, Ronnie Nicole R on Snapchat, and Ronnie Nicole on Likey. Make sure you have liked and subscribed to my YouTube channel as well as IndieWrestling.us so you can catch Sunday sessions because they're going to get deep. This Sunday is debuting at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with The Woad and Zeke Mercer, and we're talking about The Road. Thank you so much, Zachary, for having me. I love, love, love you. Oh, Ronnie kids, you put me more into what I call the flow state, and I love <laughs> you to pieces, and I'm going to actually keep up with you. Yes, I am. Yeah. yeah. All right, kids. Nothing else to say, but we're out of here, and it's time to hit the outro. So see you, kids. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Shout out to my guest for coming by and getting universally grounded with me. I appreciate every single moment that you gave to me. May it have been mere minutes or hours. I am very humble and grateful that you were on with me. With that said, to the listeners out there, the kids out there, Please support said person or persons at the links I have laid out in the School of Hard Knocks, or as I call it, the comment section below. And keep up with these people because they're absolutely great. And as I said, time again, we need more lovings in this world. With that said, I love you all out there. Please take care of yourselves and each other.